We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody and welcome to another edition of Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, your home for best ball, pick'em, and more. As we get into the real NFL season, just a couple weeks away. I'm your host Nathan Powell. I am flying solo this week because Dan Senyo and company have the COVID. So Nathan Powell on the mic today. Obviously, we usually pick about a specific topic or a specific uh, thing to ramble about on these solo podcasts. So I decided um, last night, October, uh, August 22nd, I did a um, live rookie draft. I, we do it on Zoom every year in, the, in this dynasty league. It's a Superflex uh, best ball league, uh, you know, t- traditional week-to-week head-to-head, regular playoffs. So just best, the only, implement, only part that's best ball is the fact that it's it's the scoring. Um so uh, 24 roster spots, so kind of a little bit of a shallower best ball league, more closer to your traditional seasonal uh, league. And so it was, you know, uh, where he drafted in, in live time for the first two rounds. And I'm going to go pick by pick through each of the selections and kind of compare where we are now with these players in August 2022 versus where they are were in value in May with some May ADP looking at what players value were in May and how things have changed uh, from from May to August and how that impacts our outlook on each player in uh, in 2022. So, uh, th- by the way, for those curious, this is the Platinum Label League uh, with Jared Bihar, a former DLF uh, podcaster. I believe he still write, writes for DLF as well. Um, Platinum Label, nice league, very fun. Um, and so I'll go through. I'm not going to you know mention each each person by name, not to call anybody out, and things after things I agree to disagree with and and, and whatnot. Um, so first one we have is Brees Hall. Brees Hall went 101 in this league in this rookie draft, um, and he was also the 101 in May Dynasty ADP. Not much has changed for Brees Hall. I, I think that his short term outlook has been dinged a little bit uh, due to the Zach Wilson injury. Um, you know, not being unsure of when Zach Wilson will be back healthy, but Zach Wilson being healthy wasn't any sort of a guarantee for for Brees Hall's value being 
you know, a positive in 2022. We still had the, the, you know, confusion or the un- uncertainty of is Zach Wilson a, a NFL quarterback? Is Zach Wilson good enough to support an NFL offense? All those questions are important to, uh, you know, the, the value of Brees Hall in the short term and the long term. Uh, so it's going to be a Joe Flacco offense most likely to begin the season. I don't think that really impacts Brees Hall's dynasty value. Maybe it takes a slight ding to his, his redraft, his first few weeks value, but I'm, I'm not moving Brees Hall down my boards whatsoever, you know, based on that. There's been some reports that he's more of been playing with the second team and isn't elevated to the first. You know, you, you don't you don't take a running back in their own second round and don't plan to give him RB1 touches. So I think that anything along the lines of Brees Hall being the, the Jeff's RB2 is not something I'd be worried about. I would just, you know, pe- pencil him in for being the RB1 with the Jets. And the more uncertain aspect is how good that Jets offense will be or how bad it will be. Uh, with Joe Flacco and, and maybe eventually uh, Zach Wilson at the helm. Next, at the second pick, 102, was Drake London. Drake London also 102 in May ADP. So not a lot changed at the, the top of the draft for the first few picks. Uh, Drake London did su- sustain an injury early in the preseason, so I, I don't think he's going to play the rest of the preseason. And, you know, the beginning to his season is uncertain, but it's likely he will, he will end up playing early on in the season. Uh, but much like Brees Hall, and I guess this is the case pretty much with any rookie, there's not a whole lot riding on his week one, week two value in terms of his dynasty value. Drake London is valued as, you know, probably a top 24 wide receiver right now. And he's being, you know, valued that way for his production in 2023 and beyond less so than 2022. But if he is healthy, there is that opportunity for the Atlanta Falcons receiver because there isn't much in you know, in the form of weapons in the Atlanta Falcons offense, they really just have Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts and not much else. Uh, Brian Edwards, you know, is a potential wild card, but I, I think that a, a healthy Drake London easily supplants Brian Edwards and, and Drake London ends up being the wide receiver one for the Atlanta Falcons, getting 110, 120 targets and, you know, paying off as a wide receiver four early on um, and with the upside for more as, as he gains a, a bigger target share of that offense. Next at the 103, staying along with ADP, is Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson goes 103 in this draft, and Garrett Wilson was the 103 in May 2022 ADP. Going back to the, you know, similar to the Brees Hall discussion that his value is impacted a little bit in the intermediate, you know, the short term really, um, by the Zach Wilson injury, um, but it's more so in in, uh, reliance on uh, the development of Zach Wilson more so than the injury aspect of it. So, um, for for people who are bullish on the Jets offense, like myself, long term, you know, hoping to just get Zach Wilson back as soon as possible so he can start showing that this offense is the real deal. Next at the 104 is Kenneth Walker, and in May ADP, Kenneth Walker was also the 104. So for four picks in, all chalk ADP based on May ADP. Um, so the the function of this podcast really hasn't worked so far. <laughs> there has not been much change with with these players. Uh, Kenneth Walker did undergo surgery, which which may delay the start to his season. There's, you can see a theme going on with these first few picks of, you know, guys sustaining preseason injuries and, you know, uh, uncertainty in the beginning of their seasons. Um, I do think that that the Seahawks do value Rashad Penny enough that this might be some trouble for Kenneth Walker early in the season. Kenneth Walker being, you know, a second round, third round pick. Let's see, what was he at? Yeah, he was a second round pick. That's what I thought. Uh, Kenneth Walker, second round pick is going to be the Seattle RB1 sooner rather than later. 
Uh, but the injury does slow down that process and, and give Rashad Penny a little bit more time to, you know, prove his worth and and maybe give the Seahawks the discussion, okay, do we want to use the running back who's on a one-year deal who we'll probably let go next year? Or do we want to, uh, you know, use up the touches of the guy who's on the rookie deal? And I think that they're going to try and, you know, use up as much Rashad, Rashad Penny as they can. Um, but, yeah, not much reason for a change in value for, for Kenneth Walker since, since May, and there really hasn't been. Next one, the fifth pick is where there, there's a riser. We have uh, James Cook went the 105 in the Superflex rookie draft. James Cook, looking at ADP, was at the 112 in May 2022 ADP. I think this is indicative of a couple of things. I talked about earlier, it's a shallower roster league with 24 roster spots, which is a little bit shallow for, for best ball. And when you have a shallower roster, it becomes more and more important to be able to score early on. And so that's going to raise the value of the running back position in this format. But even still, I, even in this format, I would not value the James Cook, the, the day two running back uh, over, and I guess uh, theoretically, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are day two running backs as well. But James Cook, the third round running back, the, or no, James Cook is second round running back. So also second running back, James Cook. Um, but I, I still don't have him getting a similar rushing workload that I do see Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall as time goes by, as they earn that role in, you know, mid 2022, late 2022, early 2023. Like I, I see that cook is more of a perennial, uh, a perennial sp- uh, split back who, who will split a backfield. Whereas I think Walker and Hall have a better chance of being a workhorse in an offense, but he does have that receiving ability that does in- increase his upside. And he's in, in the Josh Allen offense. So, you know, Josh Allen much better than the mess of the Seahawks have and the, the Jets have, you know, uncertainty at quarterback. So Cook over some of the first round wide receivers is interesting to me. Um, but if you're going to go running back here, I guess he is, you know, at this point, the RB3, uh, both NFL draft wise and dynasty wise. With the next pick was probably the, the biggest surprise so far was Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce has flashed and, and has grabbed some headlines early on, um, you know, throughout training camp. And probably because, you know, he really doesn't have much competition. We have Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. So plenty of opportunity for, for Damian Pierce to earn, you know, year one touches even early on as, as early as week one, week two. He was a fourth round pick. You know, the reports were they, they consider him in the third round, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, it, it, the question really is, is how much is the draft capital going to match up with the with the, the year one production, with the year one uh, targets and carries? And if he's targeted and carried like like a fourth round rebound, this 106 is going to be a huge reach. But if he ends up getting that RB1 position in that Texans offense, then it could be fruitful, you know, selecting him that early. Looking at where uh, Damian Pierce was in May 2022 ADP, Damian Pierce was at 20 overall RB6. Um, so not quite as, as high, you know, a, a, a quick rise for Damian Pierce in training camp. I think it's a combination of training camp and the, the increased value of running backs in the, the best ball format with the, the shallower rosters. Next, we have George Pickens, who has also seen a bit of preseason hype. George Pickens going before a few of the first-round wide receivers. George Pickens went at 11 overall, so rising up four spots from ADP to comparing this to one singular draft. Um, people are excited about George Pickens possibly being the wide receiver, too, in this offense as early as this year behind uh, – behind Deontay Johnson and, you know, being the long-term wide receiver one uh, for Kenny Pickett. Um, Deontay Johnson did sign the two-year extension. So that does put Pickett, uh, Pickens a little bit behind him, but 
you know, he definitely has the opportunity to be out Chase Claypool and become that wide receiver two in this offense. From from my opinion, I, I do think that, you know, we're we're discarding the first round wide receivers a little bit too early here with with Pickens going ahead of them. But that's more of just a personal preference thing. I, I think Pickens is a very, very talented player. You know, he was drafted in the second round, right? Yep, he was drafted in, in uh, round two, pick 20. Um, and yeah, so there's a bit of a rise. I don't necessarily agree with the rise. I, I'm probably much more in line with his May price of, of you know, 111, 112 than I am with his, uh, you know, his August price. So if, if I could sell George Pickens right now for one of those first round receivers, that would be a move that I'd be looking to make. Next at the 108, we have Chris Olave out of Ohio State going to New Orleans. Looking at his, uh, you know, May ADP, we have Chris Olave at seven. So a drop from one based on this. Um, but, you know, in line with where he's at, Michael Thomas was healthy. We talked about last week and then he's already hurt again. Um, if Michael Thomas continues to have struggles with staying healthy, which is not out of their own possibility, Chris Olave has legitimate NFL wide receiver one ability uh, and I'm not sure if that quite translates to being a dynasty wide receiver one or a fantasy wide receiver one. I think that it puts him in line for being a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. If he's the New Orleans wide receiver one, um, is it, I'm not sure what Jarvis Landry has left in the tank. Uh, but yeah, look, looking at the difference between made August, it's, it's very minimal and there's really hasn't been much, much cause for change. Next, we have at the 109, Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams, uh, you know, going as a top 12 pick in the NFL draft. He goes at pick 109 uh, in the, in this draft, and he was going at 106 in the May ADP. And I think that this this is just a, a factor of uh, James Cook and Damian Pierce flying off the board. That's the, that's the reason for his quote unquote drop from from the six to the nine, and in obviously the rise of Pickens as well. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think this is any sort of negative indicator for for Jamison Williams per se. Um, he is currently on the uh, non football injury list for an ACL injury, uh, so we'll see how that uh, if that ends up carrying over into the season. Obviously, we don't want that to happen, but it, it is a player that oh, I'm, I'm assuming non football injury more so just means it's not an NFL injury; it's from it's still his injury from college football. So we'll see how his recovery goes and, and how early he's able to play, but. When he's able to play, this Lions offense is very intriguing because there's a lot of weapons here. We have DJ Chark, we have DeAndre Swift, we have Omar St. Brown, and now Jameson Williams and TJ Hawkinson. So a bevy of weapons for for one Jared Goff. And the biggest thing for Jameson Williams is, yes, he you know I think he's one of the better rookie wide receivers from a reject perspective. But I think that you know once he gets, assuming he's able to get healthy. But I do think that you're most more so buying James Williams for the, the Lions offense in 2023 and beyond, hopefully with a better quarterback than one Jared Goff. Next, we have Traylon Burks. This was my pick. I selected Traylon Burks at the 110 in this Superflex rookie draft. And looking at his ADP, his ADP is five in May 2022. So this was definitely a fall for two reasons, the rise of the running backs, but also the concerns of, of Traylon Burke's conditioning throughout minicamp and training camp, the asthma concerns, all those things lead to a precipitous fall from five to 10 for Traylon Burks. I, I'm investing in Traylon Burks at, at this price. Uh, you know, he's still first round wide receiver, 18th overall pick. And I, I think that, you know, this could end up being, you know, the the Jamar Chase drops of 2022. I'm not saying Traylon Burks is going to, 
you know, have this all world rookie season to be, you know, a top five dynasty startup pick next year. Uh, Cause I don't, I don't think that uh, Tannehill puts him in that position necessarily, but I do think that he has, you know, as I picked him uh, out of the guys that are going in that in the late first round, the Pickens, Olave, James Williams, Burks, out of those guys, I think Burks has by far the highest ceiling in 2022 in terms of the offense season and, you know, the, the ability to rise based on you know the situation he's in Burks can very easily become the wire receiver one in that offense. Um, not scared of aging Robert Woods in terms of a target share perspective, more so just looking at, you know, what Burks is able to do in terms of gaining trust. Uh, some might look at Kyle Phillips and be concerned. I'm not, you know, there's a, there's a reason Kyle Phillips was a, a day three pick and Traylon Burks is the 18th overall pick. Next at pick 11, we have Kenny Pickett, um, Kenny Pickett, was a common late round target of mine in late, late first round target of mine in Superflex drafts. And Kenny Pickett was actually going 108 in May, uh, in May rookie drafts. So a little bit of a fall for Pickett, but not much. And so with Pickett, the, the negative signs have more so been his inability to take grasp of that QB one job. I, I know that many expected Trubisky to end up being the, the QB one, um, but it seems like Mason Rudolph is getting reps ahead of ahead of uh, Kenny Pickett, and so that's not promising for Kenny Pickett and eventually ending up in the lineup in 2022, unless the Steelers end up not being a playoff contender, which could very easily be the case with Trubisky and, and Rudolph and at the helm. So I, I don't see Pickett quote unquote earning his way onto the field in 2022. I think it might it would the only way he's getting on the field in 2022 is if Trubisky and the, the and the team in general plays their way out of playoff contention and they're like, okay, we want to see what what Kenny Pickett has in 2022. Next we have Sky Moore, uh, who was a riser uh during the NFL draft process. Um you know he was probably a late second, mid second before the NFL draft, then he goes to the uh, Kansas city chiefs. And that ends up, you know, causing hysteria to, to, as the second round pick going to the Kansas city chiefs, he ends up rising. And in May ADP, he was going at uh, the one Oh nine. And I think this is, this is just circumstantial stuff uh, going one Oh nine. And in this draft, he goes to the one twelve. Um, this is still a little high for me. I might go with some of the other running backs here. I might go with there's one other uh, first round wide receiver that we'll talk about shortly. Sky Moore is 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 exciting. You know, the, there's there's definitely opportunity in that Kansas City offense, but I, I don't necessarily buy his talent at the same level as some of the other guys. Next at the 113, aka the 201, aka the 13th pick. John Dotson, um, for the first time since since pick four, this lines up exactly with where he was going with May 2022 ADP. Uh, Carson Wentz has, has had some struggles. I don't necessarily uh, equate those into concerns for one, uh, in concerns for, for John Dotson. Um, maybe a little bit short term, but John Dotson, they picked him in the first round, 15th overall pick. I see him as you know, a guy who's going to get some targets in year one and it's, he, he's more so of a 2023 and beyond play uh, for John Dotson. I mean, we'll see who the commander's uh, quarterback ends up being in 2023 and beyond. Is it, is it Carson Wentz after a, you know, a, a career revival? Is it going to be a rookie quarterback? Either way, I think that John Dotson is going to, you know, play his way into being the wide receiver too, as uh, Terry McLaurin has signed that 
long-term deal. So I, one that could be one interesting note is that between May and, and now, Terry McCorn has signed that long-term deal. And maybe there was hope uh, from John Dodson, uh, you know, fans that John Dodson would end up being the commander's wide receiver one, which I guess is still within the range of outcomes. But they were sent, you know, John Dodson fans were like, okay, McCorn walks, John Dodson ended up being the wide receiver one. Now, McCorn walking is not in the picture. McCorn has a long-term deal. So Dotson either have to play his way into being the wide receiver one as the first round NFL draft pick, or that's it. That's or he's going to be the wide receiver two. Before we go into the second half of this two-round rookie review of what what are the changes, C-H-A-N-G-E-S, changes involved from May to August? Not a whole lot, but some some interesting ones that we've talked about so far. The changes from May to August in rookie ADP versus the live draft that I did on August 22nd, 2022. While I'm doing rookie drafts in August 2022, you should be doing best ball drafts. That's right, Best Ball Mania 3. It's getting towards an end. You got the Best Ball Mania 3, you got the Pomeranians, you got all sorts of, of different um, dog-based drafts for your uh, underdog fantasy. And you can get involved today. Not yesterday. I mean, you could yesterday. But today, tomorrow, anytime between now and the beginning of the season, you need to get involved with underdog best ball. And, and once the season starts, you got your over-unders, you got your pick you got your matchups. All these different awesome games that you can get involved with with Underdog Fantasy. And guess how you can get involved? You can get involved with a promo code ROTOVIZ. R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. Gets you, gets you to a 100% deposit match up to $100. What more could you ask for from your favorite podcaster, Nathan Powell, on the Dice Trade Cast? Make sure to get involved. ROTOVIZ. R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. Get involved with Best Ball Mania and all the other fun stuff going on at Underdog Fantasy as we wrap up the 2022 NFL offseason. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Into the second round, we have Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson goes 201 in this Superflex Best Ball Rookie Draft. And where did uh, Brian Robinson go in May? Let's look. I'm not even see. Oh, all the way. Oh, this is a huge rise. May ADP for Brian Robinson was 27, the RB8. And now, looking at him now, you have him at pick 14, 201. And I believe that's RB5. So rising up the boards is Brian Robinson, the third round pick for the Washington, Washington Commanders. I think we've hit on a little bit that the I, I think that the downfall of Antonio Gibson has been a little bit exaggerated. But you can't uh, discount that Brian Robinson being the commander's wide receiver. I mean, being the, <laughs> Brian Robinson being the commander's RB1 
is within the range of outcomes. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think that Brian Robinson is deservant of this. I think that it's more so people were underreacting to the draft capital with Brian Robinson. Look, you know, having him drafted uh, at pick one at pick twenty seven. Um, you, you know, he's going behind in the ADP. He was going behind Damian Pierce, but he's still going behind. Uh, going behind uh, Wondell Robinson and Isaiah Spiller and John Mechie, obviously. We'll talk about for a little bit. Um, but yeah, so Brian Robinson, huge rise up, and he has the opportunity. So I'm all about Robinson, even at this price. I think he's a decent investment. If you can trade like a, a second and a fourth or a second and a, and a, and a 24 third, that's the type of move I'd be looking to make before the season starts because he does have a one of the higher you know ceilings of this rookie class going in the second round of, of rookie drafts. Next, we have David Bell. David Bell going at pick 14 in the rookie draft and going at pick 14 in ADP for May. So not much change here, and maybe there should have been. Um, You have Deshaun Watson, who is now out for 11 games. I don't know how much that impacts David Bell specifically because, you know, he is behind Amari Cooper and uh, Donovan Jones, most likely to begin the season, and potentially Anthony Schwartz. So there are some mouths to be in Cleveland. And so will David Bell earn a target share? I am a believer in David Bell's uh, talent level and he ends up being a third round pick at the top of the top of the third round. So he, he does have decent draft capital as, as he enters his NFL career. Um, so yeah, I think that David Bell is a solid value here. Um, and yeah, that's my, my, th- my thing on him as I would not be expecting much, especially without Deshaun Watson. I think that he, his value more creeps in, when when you have a Browns offense where Deshaun Watson's leading it, that's an offense that can have several, support several weapons of Njoku and Cooper and David Bell and potentially one of the others of Schwartz or, or, or DPJ. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at with David Bell. Is I, I think that he's a bit of a, a, a low ceiling play for this year, uh, but I think that ceiling precipitately, precipitously increases uh, once we get to 2023 in a full season of Deshaun Watson. Another riser at pick 16 was Tyrion Davis-Price. Tyrion Davis-Price was going at pick 29 in you know May, and now in August, Tyrion Davis-Price is going at pick 16. So what causes the 13 pick, pick uh, bump? It's that Davis-Price has, has shown his worth, has shown that he's not just another Kyle – I mean, from what we can predict so far, he's not just another third-round uh, – Shanahan running back that doesn't end up doing anything a la Trey Sermon. It seems like they like him so far. He had four, uh, 41 rushing yards in, in his last preseason game, 6'1", 232 pounds. He is a bruiser. Um, and, you know, getting a part of that 49ers offense, if Trey Lance, if Trey Lance is what, you know, his ceiling, you know, turns out to be, Tyree and Davis Price could be a huge part of that offense, especially with Elijah Mitchell, you know, hurt throughout the preseason. And so opportunity for, for TDP to, to prove himself and an opportunity for him to gain a larger rushing share. And I, I think he's going to do that. So I think he's definitely worth this, this increase in price. Next at pick, pick 17, we have Malik Willis, the second quarterback off the board, looking at his May 2022 ADP, where are we at with Malik Willis? It was 16. So not much change for Malik Willis. Um, my disagreement with the, with the Malik Willis pick here is going more back to uh, 24 roster spots. You you want to squeeze as much value as guys who can score points early on as possible. And I think that, you know, before pre-coral injury, 
I had Coral and and Ritter ahead of Willis solely because I thought that they had chances to uh, play this year. And actually, that, that that also changed with the Baker acquisition as well. So pre Baker injury, and, I mean pre Baker acquisition and pre Coral injury, I had Coral ahead of Willis due to uh, ability to play in 2022. But that's no longer the case. Coral's out for the season with an injury. Um, but still, I, I have Malik Willis behind Desmond Ritter because it's, I think it's much more likely Ryan Tannehill, you know, leads uh, the Titans to, you know, playoff contention and plays the entire season and leaves Malik Willis on the bench, whereas I don't see the Atlanta Falcons in playoff contention. And Desmond Ritter could easily play his way onto the field in 2022, which definitely value which I which I personally value more. Obviously, the 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 shallower the rosters, the more likely I am to draft Desmond Ritter up above Malik Willis. The more you know deep the rosters, more I am to consider maybe the upside might be a little bit greater with Malik Willis and the Tennessee Titans. Next, we have a faller. We have pick nineteen, Christian Watson. He has uh, struggled with injury, and that has you know caused him to fall. He was. Pick 10 overall in Superflex uh, ADP in August, I mean, in May. So it goes from 10 in ADP in, in May to 19 in this draft. This could also be a product of the rise of a player who we'll talk about shortly, of Romeo Dubes um, for the Green Bay Packers, you know, the uh, fourth round pick for the Green Bay Packers. But I think that this is more so a factor of other players impressing and Brian Robinson and TDP and, you know, going after a guy like Malik Willis those guys go ahead of Christian Watson at, because he just hasn't had the opportunity to do anything so far this preseason due to injury. So this is one of those that could definitely look like a very solid value come, you know, October, November, people look like, like, why did, why did we let Christian Watson fall to 206 or the 19th pick overall? Next at 207 or the 20th pick, we'll have Alex, Alec Pierce looking at him. I don't think there's much difference here. Yeah. So 21 to 17, um, so I guess uh, or no, 21 to 20, a one pick rise up, not much difference for Alec Pierce, you know, not much has changed for him. Not, not a huge, not a lot of blurbs concerning his, how great he is, not a lot of, you know, injuries or anything saying he's bad. So kind of status quo for Alec Pierce. There is opportunity in that Indianapolis Colts offense um, with Pittman and not much else. Uh, so I am a fan of Pierce, um, but not necessarily a guy that I'm, you know, standing on the table saying, I need to walk away from my drafts, my rookie drafts, or even, you know, late round uh, rookies and redraft with Alec Pierce. Romeo Dubes, pick 21 in this Superflex rookie draft. This one I is one I don't agree with. Um, everyone knows I am a draft capital zealot. Uh, I am, you're never going to see me drafting uh, fourth round wide receivers over third round running backs, over um, third round quarterbacks in Superflex. Um, so yeah, I, I think this was a little bit of a reach for Romeo Dubes, but he has been getting the, the you know, the drum beat as, as, uh, Sigmund Bloom says, and he's getting the praise of, of one Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, yes, Watson's been out and hasn't been able to prove himself. And that, that opens up an avenue for, for Romeo Dubes. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we, I've learned far, uh, far too many times that the camp hype for the day three guys can often over overshadow, uh, you know, the monotony of, of the, you know, less, uh, less newsworthy day two guys. And so I, I'm still taking the day two guys uh, above Romeo Dubes. Um, and so I understand the upside play of Romeo Dubes at, at the spot of the pick 21, 
uh, but you know, looking at where he was at pick 38, I, I, I'm not saying he should be at pick 38, but I think he's closer to 38 than he is to 21 at this time for me, but maybe that's me just being late to the party on Romeo, Romeo Dubes. Next we have uh, Tyquan Thornton going 22 overall, looking at his uh, May ADP is 33. I think this is just a common thing when you're looking at May ADP every single year. Whenever there's a guy who goes higher in the NFL draft than, than you were anticipating, it takes a little while to correct. And so Tyquan Thornton has had some positive blurbs, some negative blurbs. It's been a mixed bag for him, but it does take some time for people to correct themselves on draft capital. People will say like, oh, NFL was too high on him. I don't really like him that much in May. And as we get to June, July, August, it seems like those players end up creeping up the boards because they're like, oh, this guy, they took this guy, you know, in the second round, they took this guy in the third round. So yeah, Tyquan Thornton, uh, middle of the second round, round two, pick 18, I think is very deserving here um, and definitely deserving of the increase from the late pick that he was at, uh, at pick 33. And we have three more uh, to wrap up the first two rounds of this draft. Um, and now I'll, I'll have a, a, thought, a thought to end the show. Uh, pick 210 uh, or pick 24 overall or 23 overall was Desmond Ritter by myself. I, I select Desmond Ritter at pick 23. Looking at his ADP, he has fallen a little bit. I'm not sure what this is. I think it's probably more so to do with other players rising than it does. Oh, did I miss somebody? I did. Um, in between uh, in between Malik Willis and uh, Christian Watson was Rashad White at pick 18. Um, looking at his comparison, Rashad White, he was at pick 15, so a little bit of a drop. I think it's because, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette's, you know, is the RB1 there. And I'm not sure when we can rely on Rashad White scoring points. I mean, that's why he drops a few spots here, but probably more so to do with. Um, the, the rise of other players rather than the fall of white. Anyways, we're turning back to the Desmond Ritter talk. So Desmond Ritter was going at pick 17 and he goes at pick 23. I think this is definitely a case of um, just the other players were rising more so than he's falling. Um, I know that with, uh, with Desmond Ritter, maybe some people thought he would, you know, burst on the scene and make a mockery of, of Marcus Mariota. And then, you know, we would never see Marcus Mariota again. It does seem like Marcus Mariota is going to start the season. So, um, you know, if that dings uh, Desmond Ritter's value at all, I'll gladly, you know, take take that discount. I, I've been a huge fan of Desmond Ritter throughout this process, uh, even, you know, going back to last year. So, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter has the rushing ability, has the passing ability and has the potential to be a starter in 2022 due to the Falcons being bad and Mariota not being the long-term answer at quarterback there. So um, that's why I, I, I value him here at, at this pick 23 slot. And I think I got a good value there. And two picks left. We have Trey McBride. The tight end one is off, tight end one is off the board at pick 24. Uh, this is a very so much a crowded receiving core we have. Um, round two, pick 23 for Trey McBride and looking at Dynasty ADP for May. McBride was pick 22, so pretty much status quo there. Not much has changed for Trey McBride. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think you can count on McBride right now as he's behind uh, Zach Ertz, but I do think that he is still easily the, the tight end one in a very poor tight end class. So th this is where uh, Trey McBride should go. This is where he does go at pick 24. 
And there's the upside long-term, but there is very minimal upside short-term. So the one, if I do have one critique of this pick for this specific format, it is the fact that, you know, you're having to carry uh, Trey McBride, you know, while he's not scoring as many points on a, on a 24 roster team on in best ball, where every roster spot you're wanting to score as many points as possible. And we'll wrap up with the last one. This is a, I believe it's a faller looking at it and a little bit of a fall for one Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller goes at pick uh, 25 uh, in this draft, pick 212 with the 1.13 in the middle, um, pick 25, Isaiah Spiller. And looking at his ADP, he was at pick eight, uh, pick 19. So he dropped six spots. I think part of this is that, you know, Eckler has that, that role locked up. I don't think that's really changed since May. Um, and so the questions are, is Spiller the, the locked in RB2 there? I, I do believe he is. Um, it's so it's more so the question, is he going to be a handcuff RB2 or is he going to be an RB2 that contributes? I am a, a believer in Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller's talent. Um, I'm just not sure. Um, I'm just not, just not sure how much he is going to be able to contribute with Austin Eckler in front of him. Um, but I think he's going to tr- contribute enough that it does eat a little bit into Eckler's workload. Um, I'm not as high on Eckler as I was pre-Spiller draft pick. Not saying that Spiller's not a great pick. He's going to be a first-round pick and redraft, yada, yada. Um, but I do think that Spiller is good enough to work his way into that backfield, and I do think that this is about where he should go in Superflex rookie drafts. Um, so some, some notes of the undrafted before we wrap up. Um, or guys who were drafted later in the second round. Isaiah Pacheco ended up going 301. Um, I'm not a fan of that selection, uh, personally, seventh round pick. I know I, I talked about fading the camp hype a little bit throughout this this process, and I'm definitely fading the seventh round pick, rising up the boards, going ahead, guys that went on day two. Um, one guy who has not gone off the board as I'm speaking right now is John Mechie. Uh, I have uh, the, the 309 and obviously this draft will be over by the time this, this podcast comes out. Um, but if John Mechie falls to the 309, I obviously the cancer diagnosis, it's really uncertain of what happens in 2023 and beyond with, with John Mechie. But if he's able to recover, you know, we, we've seen James Conner recover from cancer and obviously that's a huge, you know, uh, disease uh, to recover from. And, and there's much uncertainty, but, if, if anyone is going to, you know, be able to recover that, it's going to be someone, I mean, obviously, if John Mechie is able to come back, he will be able to come back with a team that invested in him as a second round draft pick. So I I am going to be hard pressed to pass on John Mechie at the 309, um, even if it means eating a roster spot for a year. Uh, that's the other part. That's the other confusing part for me is that um, on MFL right now, John Mechie is not IR eligible because he's currently listed as out. Um, I, in my leagues, you have, to, you have to be on IR or the NFI, non-full injury list, in order to be on IR. And for whatever reason, he still hasn't been placed on that, at least as it translates to MFL. So we'll see if if uh, John Mechie becomes IR eligible, which if John Mechie is IR eligible, I think he becomes a great buying opportunity Um you know, depending on what the price is, like if you can get him for a couple thirds, I think that, you know, his talent and his draft capital, if he's able to, you know, get back into playing shape and get back into football and, re- and recover accordingly, I think Mechie could be a very intriguing value in Superflex Dynasty. Or, I mean, and Dynasty, obviously you don't need to be Superflex for the wide receiver. Um, those are my thoughts on this two round rookie draft I did last night. 
and um, just general thoughts of rookies changing in value from from May until now. So that should wrap us up for today. Um, make sure to follow, rate, subscribe, review. RV Radio 2022 to get your 10% discount for your NFL season. You need your Rotoviz. You need your apps and your articles, all those great things. You need them and you need to support the podcast for Nathan and for Dan. So RV Radio 2022. We'll talk to you guys next week. Kadoosh! Kadoosh!